an in-depth look at the profit margins posted by Kenyan banks amidst high NPLs and also Zimbabwe's inflation rate increased to 72.7%. This and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. Kenyan banks have bounced back with huge profits, some as high as 161% before tax. So far, Kenyan banks are offering an average dividend payout ratio of 47.2%. Churchill Ogutu, an economist based in Nairobi, Kenya, joins us for this episode to illustrate how the reduced risk on loans and advances to customers are key in the big jumps in profitability. The banking industry has been weighed down heavily by non-performing loans, and yet we are seeing huge profits being posted. Why is this? Against the backdrop of the earnings that we've seen coming through, it's just a few listed names that are yet to release. But but broadly, a number of the banks have uh, released their full year 2021 earnings. And what we've seen, yes, we've seen that there's been a growth in uh, non-performing loans, whereby there are those loans that tend to be toxic. Uh, but at the same breath, um, mainly uh, with the full year 2021 results, we've seen that the banks that announced have given outsized profits. But that has been to do with the provisioning. Remember, full year 2020, that was when we had the COVID-19 pandemic and most of uh, the second and the third quarters, I mean, the economic data is out for anyone to see uh, how the fallout was quite acute in those two sectors, in those two quarters rather. And if you go to the banking sector, mainly the banking sector is an intermediary between the different sectors of the economy. So if uh, against the backdrop of COVID-19, whereby there was that risk of sentiment uh, towards uh, different sectors of the economy, well, there are those sectors that were, uh, that bought the brunt of the pandemic, but broadly, most of the sectors had, uh, were impacted by the pandemic. So we saw that banks now tried shade off uh, lending activities. And with that also, for those loans that they had already extended credit credit to, there was a bit of some skepticism. A number of countries implemented some uh, cushioning of the borrowers uh, in the sense that there was a moratorium on repayment of their loans. Uh, but that said, uh, from a bank's perspective, there's that uh, cautiousness stance. So there was a provisioning whereby they're provisioning for those loans that have a higher probability of becoming toxic. So that's the provisioning that we saw. And most of the banks in Kenya specifically uh, increased their provisionings for full year 2020. But now with last year, uh, as the pandemic risk started to recede in the background, uh, the banks now started winning themselves from the provisionings that were there. So looking at the financials for full year 2021, and uh, that majorly reflects the low provisioning that was there throughout last year and also increased uh, lending activities over the course of last year. So broadly, those two factors now contributed mainly to the outsized uh, profits that we've seen from those banks in Kenya that have announced their results. There's also been a lot of talk about the fintech's growing encroachment on the banking sector. And yet from the numbers posted, we are seeing otherwise. Have banks found a way to starve off 
a growing influence of fintech. Uh, on matters fintech and against uh, commercial banking, uh, the landscape as it is, we've seen a number of uh, fintech companies, and more so by fintech, I'm talking about the credit-only institutions, making some inroads in the Kenyan market. I think it was only last week that we saw a report coming out to the effect that there are like 100 credit-only institutions in Kenya vis-a-vis uh, 40 commercial banks which are oper- in operational. So that just gives you a flavor of the kind of uh, activity that we're seeing amongst the credit-only institutions. Uh, but that said, uh, you find that uh, a, a commercial banks, uh, the, the only difference that comes, if you may just uh, straight out in terms of the differences, is that now with the commercial bank, it's a deposit-taking institution. So it's, been, it's, it's able to easily marshal deposits from customers, whereas credit-only institutions, as the name applies, is they are just on the, in terms of the activities now to lend credit, uh, more so the micro-credit side. So you find that there is a bit of some complementarity between what the fintechs are trying to do and what the commercial banks have been doing. So I don't think that uh, the fintech, and I don't foresee that the fintechs may take this, this slice of the traditional commercial banking in the Kenyan market. It's just a complementarity. And on the same, on this, in the same light, you started to seeing a bit of some convergence in terms of regulatory measures being implemented in the Kenyan space whereby initially the credit-only institutions were not within the purview of the Central Bank of Kenya. But uh, with the law that was passed, uh, we have seen that now the credit-only institutions will be under the direct purview of the Central Bank of Kenya. And right now we've started to see even the Apex Bank coming up with regulations of how they can be able to bring to the fold these credit-only institutions. So uh, there's that convergence. and also. Uh, a bit of a peculiarity, we've seen that even one of the credit-only institutions uh, purchasing an existing uh, lender in the market. So we are seeing that that complementarity whereby they're trying to make, uh, they're trying to bring in the best of both, both, both worlds from the fintech side and also from the traditional commercial banking. And that will be a win-win uh, going forward for the Kenyan market. That was Churchill Ogutu, an economist based in Nairobi, Kenya. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Newly built houses in cities across Africa are still not affordable to the majority of the urban population, leading to high vacancy rates. Shelter Afrique says this has been witnessed in countries such as Nigeria and Kenya. According to the Pan-African Housing Finance and Development Institution, The push for housing development across Africa has led to a boom in new homes, but high construction rates, infrastructure, land and compliance cost means majority of such houses are too expensive for those who need them the most. Mohamed Gambo, head of policy, research and partnerships at Shelter Freak, says in most countries in Africa, even the cheapest newly built house is still not affordable. He said the the poor affordability targeting could put pressure on governments to provide further subsidy, as in the case of Vision City in Kigali, Rwanda, or in Kilamba Development in Angola, and at the same time impose target price that cannot be feasibly delivered by a developer. Zimbabwe's annual consumer price inflation climbed to 72.7% in March of 2022 from 66.1% in the prior months reaching its highest point since last June. 
Main upward pressure came from transportation and food, as well as rising fuel and bread prices have triggered a wave of price hikes of basic commodities around the country. Zimbabwe's annual inflation has been gradually rising since September last year, with monetary authorities attributing this to the parallel exchange rate pass-through effect on domestic inflation witnessed towards the end of last year. On a monthly basis, consumer prices advanced 6.6%, following a 7% rise in the previous month. Tech giant Google has issued an urgent upgrade warning its billions of Chrome users around the world to address a bug. Google issued a warning on its official Chrome blog revealing that Chrome on Windows, on iOS and Linus is vulnerable to a new zero-day hack. Zero-day is the most dangerous form of attack because it means vulnerability is known to the hackers before Google could address and fix it. Google says it's currently restricting information about the exploit to buy time for Chrome users to upgrade. The company has thus far revealed that the threat level is high and that it knew about it through an anonymous tip-off. Bitcoin climbed near 6% to an over two-month high of $47,450 as risk appetite sharpened ahead of fresh talks between Russia and Ukraine. President Vladimir Zelensky reiterated that his country is prepared to discuss adopting a neutral status as part of a peace deal with Moscow. Other cryptocurrencies also saw their values rise sharply, with Ethereum rising towards the US dollar level. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the Pay Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is akfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial.